Hi, welcome to Give Me One Reason. I am Kathy Taylor, and I am excited to introduce to you some beautiful people on this podcast, people that are brave enough to talk to me regarding their feelings and thoughts on faith and doubt. Thank you for joining in. Welcome to Give Me One Reason. I am here with my friend Spencer. Hello, Spencer. Hello. Uh, happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're willing to talk to me. He just told me, I don't, I'm not even sure what we're going to talk about. And I'm like, don't worry. And then, But every time we've had any interaction, it's been really compelling to me. So you seem like a really interesting guy with an interesting background. Thank you. Um, this podcast is talking about faith and doubt generally. But a lot of times I just want to start, what is your background? Where do you come from? And if you want to throw in there how you grew up, like believing in God, not believing in God, any of the, whatever your history is, I would love to hear it. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, my middle name is Christian. Yeah. Oh. There's, so there's the there's a the first hint for you. Uh, my mother, very religious. Um, well, so growing up, my childhood uh, room was all Noah's Ark. Like the whole mm-hmm. theme of the thing. Uh, the thing of it is, my you know both of my parents grew up. Um, religious kind of a church uh, setting. My dad's side, actually more Russian Orthodox because of uh, his parents are first generation uh, from, um, I'll just say Slav, kind of all oh, over okay. the place there, yeah. Slavic. Um, uh, and then my mom, very uh, Protestant, very much a wasp. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she said, if anyone ever asks you what you are, you're a wasp. Okay. Um, but my mother had gotten a divorce mm-hmm. uh, before she met my dad, and so the church would not marry mm-hmm. uh, my parents, so they just said, fine, screw you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so growing up, you know, there was a religious background. My dad never touched it until I was old enough to start thinking about it and asking about it, you know, mm-hmm. 12 through, and then increasing intensity all the way up through, mm-hmm. you know, my teenage, all the way up to 18. Uh, and my mom kind of just had the her set what she thought. So... Uh, there is definitely religion in the house, yeah. um, but it was something I more came to myself. And then my younger brother, with, with influence, of course, mm-hmm. and then my younger brother, atheist. Like, he did, not even spiritualist, like, just there's nothing mm-hmm. beyond what mm-hmm. we, the, the material. Uh, so it's kind of a dichotomy there. And I myself, um, because I kind of came to it myself through my own research, I became very adherent to what I thought was right for the, you know, Christian ideal with no particular uh, church mm-hmm. attached to it. But I was very, I had the zealousy of any convert, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, what challenged that for me really changed to where I am now is my best friend, uh, uh, Josh. He, uh, at the time that we had a conflict, was actually, uh, I believe, Hellenist. Uh, what does believe, that mean? Uh, believing in the Greek gods. Okay. Like uh, Zeus and stuff? Yes. Really? Yes. I've never even heard of that. I mean, I've heard of Zeus, but I didn't know anybody believed in that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not super common, but there are absolutely yeah. people who do it. Um, Fascinating. I was talking to, well, he was giving a speech, a um, 
chaplain at a Marine's basic training actually at one point had to make a special uh, allowance for someone to have a small statue, um, Hellenic statue, hmm. uh, in their wall locker because, I mean, that's their faith. So it, it's definitely still out there. It's just yeah. not super, super popular. Yeah. Um, but so I had this conflict with them. We talked about religion a lot, and it got kind of heated, and that was actually the the one real spat I've ever had with them. You know, we've been friends mm-hmm. since from uh, middle school all the way up to mm-hmm. today. You know, I'm 26 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we had a kind of a bit of a falling out over that, and eventually we both realized that's stupid, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we got back together. And now um, I kind of, over time, being exposed to more beliefs and talking to more people, I've kind of just evened out to being a kind of a universalist, you know, that mm-hmm. whole idea that I've heard some people scoff at that we're all search going up the same mountain and mm-hmm. there's just different paths up to that, up that mountain. So I don't believe anyone's wrong. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't say that I'm necessarily even right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that as long as you're not really hurting other people, I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, do you, do you. Mm-hmm. So uh, just the other, uh, last Friday we had a symbol, uh, um, which is, you know, kind of this, tradition or norse tradition of sitting around a fire and there's seven rounds and you drink mead and hail mm-hmm. and you share you know various things for either be oaths boasts um poetry and song and uh well the josh and one of the other guys who i believe considers himself a deist mm-hmm. uh both gave um oath to odin um odd for wow. their I think they knew the words to yeah. an oath to Odin for their first round, which is Oath to the Gods, and mine was just to the gods, all of them that have yeah. added humanity. So that kind of guess. Was this for a fraternity thing or something? Oh, just my group of friends. That's awesome. It, we really it interesting. It's awesome, actually. I recommend looking it up. It, it's kind of a masculine thing, in yeah. my opinion, because we, we there were females with us. Uh, they were absolutely invited, in fact, encouraged to join, but they didn't want to. And after going through, this would be the second one, the first one that I was sober enough to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, the reason I consider it a masculine thing is we were all as men, um, there were five of us total men, that were able to fully share our our thoughts, our feelings, our appreciation for one another, our love of music and poetry and such without it being seen as, you know, feminine. Yeah. You know? What is this called that you did again? A symbol. Um, a? It's pronounced weird. Okay. How would you spell it? Um, I spelled it S-E-M-B-L-E, but that's not it. Okay. I turned off my phone. Um, Josh knows how to spell it. Okay. I think it's S. But you would describe it as a... Gathering or... A gathering, a sharing of... It's kind of a... Of oaths and rituals of your religious... Oaths, rituals. And it doesn't even have to be anything religious. It's uh-huh. just that tends to... If that's important to you, that's what you share. Interesting. That's really fascinating. Okay, so you have a brother that is still an... That is an atheist at this point. Yes. And you consider yourself a Christian? I do, yes. Do you believe Jesus was God? I believe him to have been a... Not directly, actually, the embodiment. Mm-hmm. God, I believe mm-hmm. him to be a see. That's that. That's rough it's for hard, me. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I don't. I don't say that there isn't a touch of the divine there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I would say that there was more of a spark of the divine than other words. But mm-hmm. I also view things like the miracles as allegory, mm-hmm. a purely mm-hmm. allegorical. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I, I believe him to be very graced, I guess might be the word. Uh, very special. Yeah. Um, but actually, the Son of God, no. Yeah. Um, and uh, no more than any of us. Are. Or no more than any of us. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is uh, I think one of the Dead Sea Scrolls had um, the you know the Gospel of Thomas yes. and quote me. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but at one point uh, Jesus asked the apostles. Um, Am I the son of God? And everyone except for Thomas was like, absolutely you are. Mm-hmm. And Thomas said, eh. mm-hmm. so Jesus took him aside, said something. And then when he went back to the other apostles, he goes, what did he say to you? He has never like picked mm-hmm. any of us particularly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and said this. And he, uh, Thomas says, I can't tell you because you'd kill me. Wow. So, and, and I might be misrepresenting that, wow. but um, that kind of makes me that. I kind of think of myself as a Thomas. And there, you know, I'm one of the people that think that Thomas was the most faithful because he had doubt. Yes. Yeah, I can't imagine that God would criticize us for asking really valid questions, being he gave us a brain. And I also think, if you think back, Jesus had an approach with people that I loved, that I think if we took today, there wouldn't be this animosity towards Christianity. He said, who do you say that I am? Other, and they say, well, people say you're this, you're God, you're this, you're this. But who do you think I am? You know, it was a very much not his ego involved, like, I'm God, get down and worship me. It was like, I really want to know what you believe and think about me. And I think when we take that approach, what do you believe about God? And I also think of other scriptures. You know, my frame of reference is the scriptures growing up, very Christian, and understanding the Bible, or learning the Bible um, there was a verse that no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. So for us just to assume that everybody should believe the same thing at the same time about the same God, I think that's asinine and doesn't even weigh out according to Scripture. And it gives us, uh, makes it think that we're this elitist club that if you're smart enough, good enough, wise enough, spiritual enough, you get to be in. Otherwise, you're destined for hell. I've called myself a Christian universalist for many years. Um, which has been heretical enough in my circles, (laughs) believing that if Jesus did die for the sins of the world, he literally did that for everybody. So nobody would be lost. It would seem futile that there would be a hell if the sacrifice was perfect and done a one-and-done deal. And so I haven't believed in hell for like, I don't know, 20 years. Well, I got the curse of knowledge beyond that yeah um so you know the the idea of hell coming from i think zoroastrianism yes um so it kind of added more at a later date than than anything they say the early church didn't have any concept of that yeah and the words for hell that were said in there were like a trash heap in jerusalem gehenna that there was like five different words and they were actual literal places yeah yeah oh and we we have to recognize that absolutely things got added uh, tradition yeah. and uh, the saints were a lot of times modified from the yeah. gods of local yeah. people and that was in order to you know bring more people into the fold but what's yeah. the best way to talk to someone about something new and a new faith than to compare it to something that they have been born with that they already Ooh, know interesting so i you know people say that that's a bad part of christianity that you're just stolen from everyone well, no they they had a purpose for this and it wasn't yeah in order to destroy other people. It wasn't mm-hmm. It wasn't to just make something up to get power. It was mm-hmm. to try to bring more people, you know, into and the And from their frame of reference. And from, yeah, right? yeah. Like, to make it make sense to their frame of reference. This is how you can make sense of the world in your frame of reference. And I think that it, um, we forget that. I remember the movie Religious. Did you ever see mm-hmm. that? 
Bill Maher. It was a documentary, and him is an obvious atheist. Do you know who Bill Maher is? Yes. Yeah. And he um, wanted to debunk the whole idea of religion. And I remember seeing the movie in the theater with an atheist friend of mine at the time. And Bill Maher brings up in there, like, all these former civilizations that had the same story the God who sent a son to the earth that was without sin, that was resurrected, born of a virgin, um, brought up Horus, the sun god, having a similar story, um, all these other stories. And he used that as a reason to believe that God didn't exist. But to me, as a believer at the time, I remember thinking, wow, to me it just shows that there's always been a God trying to present the same story to this civilization. Because, I mean, God didn't just, if there's a God and he's real, he just didn't exist 2,000 years ago when Jesus came, nor or when books were written. You know, wouldn't it make sense he had been trying all this time to reveal himself to people in their frame of reference, the way they would understand him, you know? I don't know. What do you think about so, that? So there's a couple ways to go about that. You know, again, I might be playing a little devil's advocate here. Please. But the... Um, one leads to another, leads to another. Because remember, none of these civilizations lived in a vacuum. Right. You know, it, the, the parts that, you know, when you come to the Egyptian verses and then later on that same idea coming to, you know, the Romans and the Greeks, mm-hmm. you know, that all would have had a domino effect so the same story mm-hmm. might be, be told that way. Uh, it definitely still has that same value um, and represents maybe different things mm-hmm. for the different cultures, but it has a lot of the same uh, things. Like a lot of um, religions throughout the world uh, have all have the flood. Mm-hmm. The flood is a, also yeah. a common theme. Yeah. Um, what really is interesting to me is when you have completely separate mm-hmm. uh, groups that are kind of sharing mm-hmm. the, the, the same ideas mm-hmm. uh, coming up. And I can't religiously say why, but there are common threads throughout the world that people have just figured out. Like, if you notice that dragons appear throughout the world uh, that didn't have contact with each other, they had dragons. Hmm. And the theory being that it was dragon bones. Mm. Or not dragon bones, excuse me. Dragon bones were uh, dinosaur bones, like mm. these large things that appeared mm-hmm. to be reptilian of some kind and mm-hmm. oh crap mm-hmm. dragons come to, to light mm-hmm. whether it be south mm-hmm. america east asia yeah. or central um the mediterranean um so i think it might be something like that that mm-hmm. it, it is a common theme but you can um place why that common thing come from and you might not be able mm-hmm. to say that it's faith that put it there person yeah. i think it is yeah but you you could easily say it it's is not. interesting it's yes. very highly coincidental mm-hmm. you know air quotes you know, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So, how does your faith does your faith inform your life at this point? Do you feel like does it affect you, or does it? Um, I don't know. Does it help you? <sighs> I mean, I pray every night. Mm-hmm. It's very simple things, and a lot of it's kind of just rote yeah. things. But um, I still believe in God. I still think that. Um, Watching out, you know, and uh, protecting. And uh, actually, I forgot to tell the most important story yeah. of how I came to my faith. Yeah. Oh, boy. We had lost the remote. Okay. I think I was 10, 12, something like that. I, old enough that I could remember this mm-hmm. distinctly. Um, I, we had lost the remote. Days gone by. I had no idea where the remote is. And I, the little heretic that I am, prayed, please, let us find the remote. Or if you were there, let us find the remote. It was kind of a test. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, there were parts of the scripture that say don't do that. Yeah. But yeah. I did. Yeah. 
And I had a dream yeah. that night under the couch, like in the between the cushions of the couch. I woke up, go straight down, and it's exactly where it was in my dream. Now there's a lot again, lots of explanations. Maybe I, I yeah. just felt it one day, but didn't pick it up. Maybe I'm the one that put it there. I just yeah. remember. But for me, that was my. Okay. You remember, and it felt real too. Yeah, it felt like a real answer. And yeah, it did. And so I that from that to like, oh, okay, I get you. Mm-hmm. There. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as how that's informed decisions in my life, I. Uh, me, but my brother and I both. I think my parents did an awesome job, mm-hmm. uh, which is boasted Just for myself. the record, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We we both are awesome kids, mm-hmm. you know, all growing even now, you know, no criminal, my, you know, yeah. zero criminal record whatsoever, and never got in trouble, never really yeah. intentionally harm people, yeah. and I don't think it's because God that I didn't do that. I just didn't do it because I didn't. I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as far as how it affects me every day, of course, there's the sense of uh, strength and hope that there is, you know, and belief that there's something beyond mm-hmm. us. Like, I just, I don't know how my brother does it. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that this is it. It's just darkness. Gosh. I eat more power to him, but I just could not live that way. So I'm happy that I have the faith that I do. Yeah. You know, some people say it's a crutch because, you know... If you have to have faith to believe, you know, that there's something later. Gosh, this world is so depressing and shitty right now. And I have some really dear atheist friends of mine that I love so much, mostly that I've gotten to know through the podcast I was telling you about. But I have one in particular that really struggles with depression and things. And it's like, this world is so bad. And it is. I mean, if you just look at it logically, it can be really depressing, you know. And the thought that there might be something beyond this world really does give me hope. Also, even if there isn't, I feel like it helps me rise above those shitty circumstances now. You know, that believing in this guiding force, you know. But that doesn't make sense to people. Well, that's not enough. I can't see it, feel it, touch it, hear it. Gosh, I don't know how to tell you, but I just have this sense that there's something bigger than me. Does does that resonate with you? Oh, Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Actually, yeah. the, the conversation uh, was that I've discovered my brother has zero faith in anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were sitting around the fire and we talked ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And me and my mom are both very, we consider ourselves sensitive to okay. the beyond. Yeah. And that kind of runs also in the family. My grandpa yeah. is too. He has all yeah. the kinds of stories about hearing and seeing yeah. things. Uh, and we hate it. Scares yeah. the bejesus out of us. We're not ghost hunters. <laughs> um, but, you know, during the course of that conversation, we discovered that, uh, you know, that's when Derek said, I don't believe in mm-hmm. any of that. I'm like, what? You were with me for some of these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that presence, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, whether it be, you know, something spiritual and say somewhere where something mm-hmm. bad happened. You know, mm-hmm. I've been to Gettysburg. That's a powerful experience yeah. just from that. Um, but I also feel that kind of in in the mm-hmm. depths of despair there's a few things running through my mind one this too shall pass yeah there will always, always be true does. and well in the good times too this mm-hmm. too shall pass mm-hmm. um but i just mm-hmm. I, I do feel that goodness and that there's something more to everything and i was listening to dogma debate last week and he was on with an apologist from the netherlands and they were having a really sweet, honest conversation. It wasn't debating, you know, or, or it's the word I want, um, vitriol or anything. But they were contemplating the question, what makes somebody turn left, no faith, and what makes somebody go, yes, there is faith? And I'm thinking of you and your brother, you know, one an atheist, one not, you know. It's interesting. Um, part of it's probably our personalities. I know my oldest son who's an atheist is very logical. 
and very not emotion driven at all. And then my second son is more emotional, but is actually also contemplating that. So, but then for him, I think it's some of the disappointment in the world. And, and, you know, what is the answer for why do bad things happen? And if God's all powerful, why doesn't he intervene? And I don't know the answer to those questions. And they bug me too. Well, that's kind of the point of it. We don't know. We can't no. know that. And the, and that is, you know, the main thing that uh, I hear brought up. Um, if there is a God, why do bad things happen? Mm-hmm. And you can't say freedom of will because that's a cop-out. I'm like, well, no, that's actually kind of the main argument is mm-hmm. freedom of choice. We're still human beings. We get to act as we will. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, again, kind of feels light. doesn't feel like it's enough to fully yeah. explain it. And I just don't think we can. I don't think that that's something we can ever grasp. Yeah. That is something that has to be accepted on faith. Yeah. And therein lies the problem. When you have someone very logical that needs an argument, yeah. they need a reason, it's just not possible to do. And I think myself a logical guy. I like to You do strike me stuff. as that. In fact, I would have thought you would have been more of an atheist. Yeah. Because just hearing you talk and listening to you in class and the things you shared, you're very much a common sense, um, like, you know. So you have a military background. Oh, yeah. I, a couple, um, one tour in the Air Force. Just yeah, and stayed yeah. stateside the whole time. I was an aircraft mechanic. Okay. Yeah. And you appreciated that experience? Or? Yeah. I mean, it was the worst fun I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of down parts. Um, yeah, kind of a rough job. Work, uh, I was a hydraulic technician on the B-1. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of hard. It was yeah. a difficult job. Uh, and then I wasn't just wasn't suited for it. I mean, you look at me. I just... I had a first date uh, last night, and of this three-hour conversation, I eventually said, oh, I was a mechanic in the Air Force. She goes, I did not pay you as being a mechanic. And I'm like, I know. That's just not me. So I had a hard time with it. Um, yeah. Had a hard time. You know, you got a bunch of good old boys, which, awesome. More part of them. And I had fun with them doing the good old boy stuff. Yeah. But um, didn't really feel connected. So it was it was a very rough experience to me, very de- for a lot of the time I yeah. feel like I should have probably gone and started seeing a chaplain yeah. I'll, yeah if I didn't hadn't got out when I did yeah I probably would have been in a lot more trouble yeah um, but that was rough and I don't know um, I was actually it's funny I was a white rope in tech school which means I was one of the chaplain assistants oh okay um, I actually there was something about basic training that got me kind of into church a little bit for this yeah. brief spurt yeah because you know Sunday we just go to mm-hmm. church during basic and then um, I think I went to the Protestant one, which is probably the most popular one out of yeah. all of them. Yeah. Uh, and then I, there in tech school, also went a little bit, helped out with the, the church mm-hmm. for on base, has their own little hangout mm-hmm. spot for everyone. Yeah. Um, but, and that was kind of help run that a little bit. Um, but that was like probably the most active in my faith I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah, I could also see you being like a pastor type. I don't know if it's your voice or... Oh, thank you. You're, you're, you're in theater, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're in my advanced public speaking, but I pegged you right away for knowing what you were doing, so... <laughs> yeah, and uh, that eulogy today, by the way. Yeah. That was the most difficult speech I've ever given. That was incredible. I'm yeah. glad I moved that chair. I, you know, yeah. during that speech, I was um, I was talking about my yes. best friend. Yeah. Uh, Who is he, not gone. He's not gone, but, but as if he we've would. had close calls, yeah, and I've had to think about it a lot. Yeah. Um, so it felt so real. It felt real to me. Yeah. Um, I had, during the speech, you know, I had to hold onto the table because yeah. my leg was giving out, like yeah. I was about to collapse. Um, yeah. And you notice that there wasn't anything religious in there because he wasn't faithful yeah. at all. That was more humanist, more about mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. uh, what he wanted. But 
on my part, I think that, you know, a lot of people, when something bad happens, you know, they say, why God? Mm -hmm. And that's not, would not have been my response had that happened. I'd be, well, yeah, uh, you know, that was him. He was just tired or he was done. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really have a hard time with people that don't understand why people just get tired and end it. I'm not advocating at all. People ending it, absolutely. Um, I think there's always hope and we're supposed to be there for each other and carry each other when we are too weak to be, walk. However, I don't think we serve a God who gives up on us because we're emotionally bankrupt and we can't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, um, that would just be cruel. Because if we as humans can realize why people are in despair, mm-hmm. wouldn't if we serve a God that's bigger than us, wouldn't he get it, you know? So, yeah, that's why I really... Um, You'd assume there'd be some empathy there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You would assume, right? And if not, let's make somebody else God, you know, or it's just over, right? But, um, yeah, that was really beautiful. And um, suicide is a big issue in your generation especially. uh my generation yes yeah. and also military um yeah. is a big one especially uh the, the transition yeah. uh now again i w- i never went anywhere never saw anything you know i didn't have any trauma yeah. um thank god yeah. i didn't because i probably wouldn't have been able to handle it yeah um but even during my transition you know you had um all these had this giant support group and you were told exactly where to be and what to yeah. do and you had a yeah. course set and then that's yeah. over all of a sudden. All of a sudden, yeah. And you have maybe a close family and far away relation to maybe some mm-hmm. friends that you had then. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly you have to figure everything out on your own. Yeah. Uh, so that was a very hard transition for me. I, um, Even I, purpose, right? Like what your purpose yeah, is. Yeah, what am I doing? Why? And that was, yeah. I it wasn't, I didn't realize that. Like I didn't have that forward motion and I didn't realize that that was my major problem until almost too late. Mm-hmm. Now, I was working at a pizza joint. I was getting obliterated every Friday. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say an alcoholic because it wasn't an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. I was trying different stuff. Mm-hmm. And then this girl, long, long story there, but done me dirty. <laughs> uh, and I just thought I was over. You yeah. know, there's mm-hmm. the, I have nothing going, looking mm-hmm. forward to this. I just felt like the sun was not going to rise. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I did hold, held a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't because, you know, finally pull that trigger because I don't want my mom to find that, you know, still yeah. living at home. So I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but I've definitely been down in that depth. Yeah. Um, and honestly, at the time, God didn't play into that mm-hmm. at all. Um, ex- but now I'm like, I'm like on top of realizing that I didn't have any forward motion and so I started going to school, I got a different job, uh, that really helped move forward, but also hope, mm-hmm. that thought that it will get better. Um, and, you know, you're not supposed to tell that to people that are suicidal because it just doesn't feel that way. And I totally mm-hmm. get that. But eventually it was that idea that the sun's going to come up, mm-hmm. that this will be over, that there is something beyond that that yeah. keeps you going. I think the transition, it seems like the military does offer such structure and purpose, right? You know what your job is. Whether you like it or not, whether you feel fit for it or not, this is your job. Do it. Um, it's all spelled out, right? Um, your support system is there. These are people you'd die for if you needed to. Um, this brotherhood occurs that you might not even have in your natural family. And then all of a sudden, that's over, like you said. And you exist in this world that doesn't have much structure. I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You know? And then all of a sudden, okay, so what's my role? What's my job? How am I useful? Does that resonate? I mean, is that a struggle? Your world shrinks to just a 
fraction yeah. of what it was, and then you all motion stops for you, and yeah. you just gotta figure out how to get rolling again. No, a lot of some or how to just build a different kind of life. Yeah, like a ab- new absolutely. life. Or... And some people, you know, have harder than me. Absolutely, where they had other things that they had to deal with. You know, yeah. they had some traumas that they had to go through. They had uh, divorces. You know, things yeah. like that that are also going through during that transition. Yeah. Um. So I again was lucky compared to a lot, and there are some that get out. You know get a good job right away, immediate forward motion, happy Mm -hmm. marriage, all that, and that's awesome. So it's Mm -hmm. not uncommon for it to be normal, but it's all too common for it to be very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you came to school last year, or what? Um, So I got out in 2014, Mm -hmm. almost on my, you know, anniversary here Mm -hmm. um, in October. Uh, And then that year of doing nothing. Yeah. And... And then after that, I started going to school. So they said, I'm graduating the end of this year. Wow. Or end of, well. May. Yes. Awesome. I'll get to see you walk. Awesome. If I walk. (laughs) Anime Central is that weekend. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) No, I'll probably go because my parents. But if it was up to me, I wouldn't. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Hmm. So what do you see yourself doing with your life? Uh, No idea. No idea. No, right now the plan: graduate, have a bachelor's, yeah, and go find a job that needs someone with a bachelor's, yeah. Um, what I call a big boy job, mm-hmm. uh, adult work and career, and um, just do something and just try to you know move to the next stage. Um, move out of my parents' house. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Being twenty six and living at home is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um. Although it's happened so much now, it's, the economy, it's, it's like I think twenty five, forty percent of people that age live at home. Yeah, it's it's well, that's it's a whole crazy. other yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so move forward um, that way, and if you know, part of I also want to be able to provide for my parents because my mom's yeah. retired, my dad should be retired. Yeah. Um, so I want to be able to take yeah. care of them. If that means living in the same house and just taking over, I'm yeah. actually happy with that. It'll yeah. kill the game. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, I don't know. Maybe you can it. find somebody. Maybe you can find someone that would appreciate. I, I think do that's that. the key. That's yeah. the key. You want somebody that would appreciate somebody that loves their parents. That. Yeah. Yeah. So find work. And as far as like, I started going to school for media arts and game yeah. de- uh, media development. Media arts and game development. Yes, M-A-G-D. M-A-G-D. Right? Um, yeah. Because I always thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, because I was like, s- the stories of games. I played yeah. lots of games. Uh, come to realize actually learning how to do this. No, I don't want to work yeah. in the game development. Um, I don't mind hard work. I don't yeah. mind working long hours. Um, I just do mind the idea of too long of hours like working you know 10 hours a day for for Mm -hmm. six you know six days a week Mm -hmm. uh just tapping away at a computer constantly i don't see you doing that spencer i'm way too you're way much of a people person presenter person yeah yeah so i think i'll get a have you ever done public speaking before not in any kind of professional setting Mm -hmm. um i don't even know what that would look like (laughs) yeah interesting funny because i would have pegged you for somebody like that did you um you said you were in theater though involved mm-hmm. in theater in high school yeah. yeah what did you play what part uh my favorite was actually my senior year because i did all through high school from freshman forward um but my favorite was playing uh bottom the weaver uh in a midsummer night stream oh okay uh because you that was that's a part that you can play to the nines yeah. just overact yeah. so hard yeah. and overacting is easy and yeah. fun yeah uh and uh the crowd loved it yeah know, but i absolutely love playing that part and 
I was doing forensics at the time, you know, the, yeah. the kind of yeah. performance kind of competitions. Yeah. Uh, and I used that play within a play, just a one-man version of it, and won gold at state for that yeah. event. Um, That's awesome. I've forgotten it since then. I couldn't perform it again today. Yeah. I forgot all the lines. Um, but I truly enjoy being in front of you. You've seen, you know, see me in front. I shake like a tree. Yeah. Um, but like uh, Robert A. Heinlein said, I'm totally taking this quote out of context, it's nothing important. It's just the shaking of a racehorse at the starting gate. Mm. Uh, and I don't know about that. I'm scared silly every time. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just, I just love that energy. You channel that energy yeah. very well. Yeah. A lot of people don't. They get, they take that and get scared. Yeah. Not everybody's meant to spend a lot of time in front presenting and performing, but it seems like you are. So, huh? You're gonna have me wondering what you should do with your life. You know. <laughs> Um, during the symbol, God loves you, and I have a plan. <laughs> yeah. um, I would love to actually just I'd love to act, but yeah. that's just I mean, there's so much around that the the the, the community around just it doesn't seem like I would. I mean, I yeah. you know worked at the Renaissance Fair for a summer right after yeah. high school when yeah. I was in my process mm-hmm. for enlisting, mm-hmm. uh, and that was amazing. You know, those were my people, um, yeah. and I felt really, 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 truly at home. Uh, and then, you know, went through the military, came back and tried to work at it again. Um, yeah. it wasn't the same. Yeah. I had changed since then. I'm not sure if I could, I mean, I guess there are actors out there who they're not really a part of that community. Yeah. Um, I do see what you're saying. Cause you're kind of in one level, this military guy, structure guy, do we need to do, get through, not a slacker, not a creative butterfly, but yet, oh, are you offended? But yet... You are so, yeah. That's a weird mix, honey. Yeah, I, I, I am. It's interesting. A, I'm one gigantic dichotomy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like very artistic, free feeling, but yet conservative politically. Yeah. So, so you are politically conservative. Yes. Oh yes, and you you let me know this week that you are you uh, sell guns. I work in firearm sales. Yes. Wow, interesting. So you are are you are a Trumper? Can you tell me? Are you? Um, yes. You can be, yeah. Yes. Um, the, what now, do you appreciate about Donald I'm not a fanboy, you know, I'm yeah. not a cheerleader for him. And I yeah. think that's ridiculous to have in politics to begin with, is this right. cheerleading. He's said some things that I don't agree with. I do, if I recall correctly, he is an anti-vaxxer, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, during a debate with, um, Carson. He, yeah. He, he yeah. said that. Uh, and I, that's who I voted, actually, yeah. I did vote for him in the primary. You know, just like, actually, majority of Wisconsinites, I voted for Carson. Yeah. Uh, he, he won the primary here. Uh, but when it came to, one, the lesser of two weevils. Yeah. Um, and then, two, um, the foreign policy I thought was very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with a lot of his domestics. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, he's really kind of, he's said nothing about the, the red flags. He's talk, he, he banned bomb stocks, which is ridiculous because it mm-hmm. doesn't change the function of the firearm. It just changed how, essentially how you hold it. It's just... I haven't. Oh, oh so you don't agree in banning bump stocks? No, because you can do that by hand. It just made it easier to do, and I your see. accuracy is zip. Because the way you do it, is that imagine you're holding your trigger, yeah, and you put your thumb around your. Be- I probably shouldn't be explaining how to do this. Yeah. Put your thumb around your belt loop, and you're holding the grip of an AR, yeah, and you're letting the recoil pull the trigger for you. Yeah, it does not make it into an automatic, fully automatic firearm. It's still one trigger pull per yeah. uh, shot. And your accuracy, because you're shooting, have to shoot it from the hip when you do that, makes your accuracy just So worthless. you don't think, should there be more gun control? 
think? I believe not in more gun control. Um, I think that universal background checks are enough. What I mm. think we need to work on um, is how different state agencies talk to each other, state and federal agencies. Um, the military, when they have cases of domestic abuse, mm -hmm. they do not report that to mm. the federal government at large, and they do not report that, especially to the state. And a lot is, of those people have guns. And then those people get have guns, and I don't think they should. I think you forfeit your right to your mm -hmm. firearms. And there are some real 2 ayers mm -hmm. out there that would disagree with me there, that there's mm -hmm. no such thing as forfeiting that right. And I think fine, I'm okay with you know people who... Uh, who have been adjudicated mentally defective in a court of law, uh, who have been found even not guilty of domestic abuse, um, mm -hmm. I don't think they should have guns. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I don't like them pushing more beyond what we already have. I think what we have is fine. And the problem with, and you see these mass shootings, you see the gun crime rate in Chicago. Um, and we can go about into you know Chicago like that, but the thing about you know the mass shootings tends to be the um, the hot button issue. The thing most people just really only want to focus on, and they say that not having um, banning all firearms and there's no such thing as um, common sense gun laws when they are talking about an out and out ban. There, that's not going to solve the issue. People are still going to be bad. They're going to do with something else. And what is my solution to mass shootings? There isn't one, and that's the real crappy part of all this. People are always going to suck, mm -hmm. and you're always going to have things like that, and there always have been. But what about like other countries where they have banned guns, they don't have the mass shootings? They do, though. What about in France? You know how hard it is to get a gun in France, and yet you have people showing up to clubs with a full, fully automatic AK-47s mm -hmm. and opening up on a crowd. You have trucks plowing through all these people. In Sweden, you in, in England, you have this massive amount of knife crime uh, yeah. in um, Sweden. I think you're also going to have issues with a lot of the migrants that are um, mm -hmm. causing, you know, there's a violence er erupting there. Uh, there is, and even in Australia, the crime rate didn't necessarily go down. That's kind of misrepresented a lot of mm -hmm. times in the media. Mm -hmm. So, Benny, especially, and then that's also a microcosm where they historically haven't had, they don't, right. they've never had the two. And we have millions and millions we have of millions of guns. guns. Absolutely. Right. So it's something that could not work. So the fact that there. people are just going to go sell them for money and buy back for the government and not keep them is probably a little naive, to um, say the least. Yeah. Evers recently um, talked about having a mandatory buyback of all Armalite-style rifles, or ARs. Um, that is absolutely ridiculous. Out of the tens of thousands, thousands, I'm pulling numbers out of my butt. Like, okay. by all means, okay. double-check yeah. me here. But the many, 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 many um, yeah. ARs that are in Wisconsin, he might get a small handful, and that's from people that might get more money than they paid for him by doing the buyback. Um, there is no way for him to go confiscate these because that's not a buyback. That's just full confiscation. It's a ridiculous idea. It's going to do nothing. Yeah. And all it is is to posture and get votes from the anti-2A community. And I would hate to be the cop that has to go confiscate the gun. I mean, I would think it be like a death wish uh, police and um, I, I can't cite any necessarily sources I've because I've all heard secondhand YouTube videos friends that have said oh in this state that has red flag laws yeah I do believe that there have been I don't have now, the red numbers flag, will you explain it to me again red flag is somebody who knows you have firearms and thinks that you are um, 
mentally uh, unstable, uh, violent, or mm-hmm. just generally shouldn't have a firearm, uh, they can report you to the police and they will confiscate your firearm. The, re- the way that came from is a lot of the plant times people have banned mass shooters, there have been red flags. Right, like that, some social media posts yeah, or exactly. something they've said. In hindsight, people are like, oh, oh we should have known. Yeah. Um, my problem with that is, one, it violates, it's an illegal search and seizure. It is violating due process of law because mm-hmm. you are guilty until proven innocent. You have mm-hmm. to argue to mm-hmm. get your guns back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, and you're, you're, you're seizing property. You know, you're not showing up. You have a warrant, but it's taken under false proof pretenses because the person that uh, reports you can just pull it out of thin air. They don't really mm-hmm. need to show any evidence. The burden of proof is on you. Yeah. That is a problem. Yeah. Um, and I, re- I heard one story again. This is hearsay, but may- let's call it a hypothetical then because I don't have a source. Um, where someone's kid uh, in high school saying, talking about how the school had a poor defense against school shooters, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd be you know, like sardines in here, and this is the route I would take to escape if there was a mass shooter. Mm-hmm. And again, crappy that we have high school kids having to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but another kid overheard them. Uh, say that they got took snippets out of that conversation took it to uh, the principal the principal called the police the police showed up to take his father's guns I see. so there was a lot of potential and for all abuse. he was doing was was saying this is what we would do if there was one yes yeah so there's a lot of potential for abuse uh, of that and it's subject to somebody's it's uh, what's all the word about? interpretation yes, right absolutely. yeah now the other side of that Mm-hmm. Is that I'm okay with ten law-abiding citizens or a hundred law-abiding citizens who did nothing wrong having all multiple rights violated, in in order to stop one person. I say I'm not okay with that. I think that what's the quote? Um, someone who is willing to sacrifice their freedom for safety um, will lose both and sh- deserves neither. Mm-hmm. Um, I that that's where I'm at. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with this two way these red flag laws at all, and I think it's a horrible, horrible, horrible idea that is just going to make things worse. I have a job for you, Spencer. Oh my! Why don't you run for office? Have you ever thought of politics? No, not no. at all. No, because you don't like politicians or what? I mean, it seems like you're a common sense guy. Yeah, but it's it to me. It seems like politics is more. It's a lot more than just having an idea about how things should be. It, it's. I don't know how to describe it other than it's politics. You know, it's playing this game, and I just... I know, but think about it. What's going to happen to your generation when the other... I mean, it's going to have to take a younger generation of people involved to make a difference, right? I mean, eventually, your generation will have to get involved. Well, and I think we we are, you know, being the, the millennials, I think that we, from my understanding, are getting more active, but the mm-hmm. thing is we're more active uh, closer to the right than the previous generation was. I mean, mm-hmm. more, and not necessarily even just right, as most people call it right, more libertarian. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw really, there's a really popular Facebook post out there that says, um, that has a picture of two men mm-hmm. holding a marijuana plant and an AR. And it says, I believe my gay married couple should be able to defend their marijuana with an automatic firearm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually kind of a common belief, you know. Yeah, it is a weird mix of liberal socially and conservative politically. And right? I think that's more popular now is a lot of mm-hmm. what would be considered socially very liberal. I don't mm-hmm. care what you do, do it. Mm-hmm. Do you, man. Just right. Don't hurt anyone. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but fiscally, mm-hmm. um, conservative. Mm-hmm. 
Because you got remember we grew up in kind of a rough time economically, right. so we've kind of had to be, and it's like my money. Yeah. Screw you, government. Mine. I know what you do with my money. Right. So. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Kind of a nice mix. Yeah. Well, you should think about that politics thing. You never know. Yeah. You got to have that gift of gab, and you got to be able to explain things clearly, and you got to be able to be reasonable and not really emotion, you know, and hot-headed and. You strike me as all of those things. Okay. Right now, because we haven't, yeah. you haven't accused me of anything. Oh, I haven't. We're not because I'm a pretty liberal girl. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty clear about that. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Spencer. Thank you for hanging out with me. Oh, and thank you. Sharing. So this has been fun. Come, we're good with that. Yeah. Come, we don't need to edit or no. I, I usually I know don't. You don't. I, I tell you, you, how do you know I don't? You don't know me. You've mentioned it in class. Oh, I have mentioned it? All right. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Give Me One Reason. If you're interested in contacting us or being on the show, please go to givemeonereason.org or call Kathy Taylor at 608-728-3284. Just move.